What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G.O.D. make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. Happy Saturday, Devin. How's it going, man? Oh, man. I want to say good, but we ain't got no sports. No, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm still good. We're, we're still, my wife and I, we're still, we're still here. We're still, we're, uh, we're, we're healthy and we're just chilling. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing good. This is uh, wild times, right? I mean, we're just going to hop right into it. We, we got to talk about coronavirus. And, that, and no, if you're living on the, if you're living under a rock, like legitimately, um, it has nothing to do with beer. Uh, so I'm really confused on why their drop, their stock has dropped so much. Um, <laughs> but we're talking about the the pandemic of coronavirus. Yeah, can someone right? can can someone really explain to me why there's no, like why are people going crazy over toilet paper? Like do you, do you I mean this is an honest question do you it's have a, an idea? It's a serious question. No, I I have no clue. The only thing I can think of is people heard oh we might get quarantined, but I I literally went to Costco two days ago and there was probably first of all the store was completely packed. If and out of those people like ninety percent of them had uh, paper towels in their cart, I'm like so I'm gonna get so desperate. If you are potentially quarantined, that you're gonna have paper towels as your backup option. <laughs> and it's almost like when it snows, you know, people get the milk and the bread, like yeah, the milk, milk bread sandwiches, bro. Milk sandwiches. That's I don't know. It it confuses me. So if anybody has any idea, hit us up on one of our social media platforms. Let us know why you buying buying all the toilet paper. I 100% agree. What's up, y'all? Today's show is brought to you by O'Donnell Financial Coaching. O'Donnell Financial Coaching exists to empower you to take control of your finances. Whether you are in debt and don't know where to start, need help creating a budget that works for your family and your life, or even if you have questions about what to do with your wealth and where it should go, Adam, the owner, is a certified master financial coach that can coach you through your financial situation with the experience of someone who has paid off debt and with the knowledge of someone who is building their financial future with budgeting and investing. Adam offers coaching online, which is a quick and convenient way to get you the help that you need. Get in touch with him today to schedule your first session at adamcoachesmoney.com and connect with him on Instagram at adamcoachesmoney. And let them know that Dave and Dev sent you. 
Man, well, listen, let me kick this off. What I'm going to do is just to have, like, a small, as brief as I can, recap of kind of, like, what went down. And I'm doing this because, one, I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat um, as I am in that kind of first heard about it. And you're just like, oh, here it is, another thing. Uh, I wouldn't call it a hoax, per se, like uh, uh, our president (laughs) called it, but... I I did see it as kind of an overblown sort of situation. But anyway, let me roll through kind of what went down, how this has transpired over the course of the last, you know, 90 days. So basically, December 31st, um, we had the Chinese authorities. uh, They reported that they were treating dozens of cases of pneumonia that were kind of from an unknown cause. And that it wasn't pneumonia-like, but it was the closest thing they could relate to it. Uh, and then 12 days later, they reported their first death, 61-year-old man. So this is also significant because Chinese New Year uh, was set to begin, which is a big deal. And millions and millions of people travel uh, every year across the country to you know, be with their family, to do different events and uh the epicenter of like kind of all this is wuhan china i don't know if i'm saying that right but um wuhan has a population of 11 million people to give you to give you an idea chicago metro area uh is about 9 million so i mean this is like we're talking a really big place and probably a little bit more of a uh dense space if i had to guess but so uh fast forward about 10 days there's a few more cases reported throughout uh asia and stretching into europe and then in washington state you had somebody that was returning actually from wuhan and uh mid-30s and he came back to washington state and i don't know if you remember anybody listened to Trump's speech yesterday, uh, Washington State was kind of a a point of discussion just because they have quite a few cases there. So it's interesting that it kind of kicked off there. Uh, Wuhan was cut off by the Chinese authorities, so nobody nobody could go in or leave, I guess. They had had around the end of January is when the World Health Organization declared it a global health emergency after, you know, thousands of cases in China. And obviously, same day, uh, the United States banned travel from China, restricted travel from China. And, you know, kind of, you see a few different situations in February that were just progressions of it. First, death outside of China, guy in Philippines in the Philippines passed away. Mm. Cruise ship in Japan quarantined thousands of people, 3,600 passengers. Can you, can you imagine, bro? I literally could not imagine being on a cruise ship on vacation. And you're like, oh, sorry, you're not leaving. That'd be nuts. I, I mean, I just think that uh, I, we went on a cruise for our honeymoon. That's the first cruise I've ever been on. And if I had to stay in my room for who knows when, I would go crazy especially if you had one of them rooms without windows yeah oh my gosh yeah no joke you know there's been several other like similar 
situation like pandemics like i remember being a kid like sars and then later you had h1n1 and ebola and those sorts of things and bro you remember this is bad that we're thinking about like all these different like global health things but you remember back in the day like anthrax oh yeah how that was that was that was crazy so scary like oh don't check your mail (laughs) like oh okay yeah yeah (laughs) So wild. Yeah, shout out to Mama Muff because she made me check the mail during that sketch. Yeah, too, so. You know, like, <laughs> hey, listen, you got to toughen up, yeah. man. Hey, got to learn some kind of way. So to give an idea, uh, SARS, which was declared an epidemic um, in 2002, 2003, killed 774. Well, by February 10th, China had already had 908 deaths. So... You know, it was definitely quite a bit bigger of a deal than that. So you're looking at a month-ish, month-and-a-half-ish time frame uh, versus a almost year-and-a-half worth of data from SARS globally. So mm. a little bit further, you got France has entered into the picture with a death. South Korea, obviously, was linked to an outbreak in a church. And there's just so many of these different cases, but I think one of the most interesting things is Italy. Uh, towards the end of February, they had a extreme surge in their cases, and they have probably been one of the most heavily impacted. Um, one, because they're a relatively small country in the grand scheme of the countries in the world that are like powers, per se. And they mm-hmm. have had a very large percentage of cases that led to death. Kind of escalated really quickly, right? And yeah. um, the end of February is, I think, is when really the U.S. started really panicking from a uh, from a government standpoint, things like that. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of when I first started hearing, you know, people in my organization talking about like, hey, here's the things that we're going to be doing to take, you know, precautions, things like that. Uh, you know, end of February, Trump asked Congre- Congress for $1.2 billion uh, to kind of kick off some uh, emergency preparedness. And then it, it kind of started really making its way. Latin America got its first infections. And uh, February 29th, leap day, <laughs> the United States recorded the first coronavirus death. Uh, there was a patient in Seattle. And at that time, there was 87,000 cases. And uh, we announced as a country a do not travel warning for um, some of the heavier impacted areas outside of China. So South Korea, Italy, Iran. So on the third, we got the approval for the widespread testing. This has become quite a bit of controversial you know, controversial part of this whole thing um, is the lack of testing that's out there. Uh, we, yeah. And we've really only seen a lot of higher profile people getting the tests. When you're like just a general, like regular Joe that's, yeah. you know, working in the public or whatever. And you're, you got this cough and you're like, am I even going to be able to get tested for this potentially? And know that I could, you know, harm myself or others even further. So that's yeah. how we're and I know. I know. Yeah, because I know people are going to be like, Dave and Dave, I sign up to listen to this show, and I want to talk about sports. Mm. 
So what what does this have to do with sports? Are y'all medical experts now? We are not medical experts. So um, we started, I think it was last weekend, they announced that they were going to postpone a couple NBA games. And then, hey, we're going to suspend it for the time being. March Madness is going to get suspended. And then, obviously, eventually it was uh, canceled. So, yeah, baseball, NHL, UEFA soccer, which, no surprise, in Europe. <laughs> that really threw me off that it took them so long. Um, but you have a They held out to the last minute. Right. They were, they were super last minute. But um, pretty much every sports organization out there has, has suspended or canceled their season. And so that's kind of obviously where our intersection is and to, you know, meet the, here's what happened outside of my and your world <laughs> and now how it obviously impacts us on a super first world problem perspective of us not being able to watch sports. But um, this is a really big deal, right? And so kind of I wanted to first ask you, like, when you initially heard about the virus when you initially heard about the epidemic and not just that, but like when you initially heard about the grumblings that they were going to be canceling sporting events or limiting um, the people being able to attend certain events, what were your like first thoughts? Yeah. So at first, so to start this off, I'm not a medical expert at all. Okay. I just, I watch the news and I pay attention to the news. Just, you know, Dave and I just have very keen ear to, to news and events happening around the world. So when I first heard they were starting to cancel sporting events, like the suspension of this tournament, and I said, okay, well, you know, they'll be back like next week. You know, once this thing will be under control, it'll be fine. And then this week I was watching the game on ESPN. It was a Dallas Mavericks game. Of course, I'm going to tune in when Luca's playing. And I started to see, like, I saw the, the thing flash on the screen. The NBA is suspending the season till further notice. And my jaw dropped. Right. Like, oh. And I know this is kind of sad, but then that's when I, like, when the NBA decided to suspend the season, that's when I started to think to myself, oh, this is serious. Right. Oh, this thing, this thing is no joke. And then the next title comes. Rudy Gobert has tested positive for coronavirus. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, this is really serious. This is this is not this is not a game anymore. Because I mean, you you hear about things like this, and you're like, this thing affects everyone. Because they got, I mean, in professional sports, you got the best medical staffs in in the world in all athletics. Okay, and when a professional athlete gets sick, it's like, oh. So this person who has access to all these trainers, all these doctors, even they still got it. And it's, I mean, it's, to me, I was just, I was kind of rocked by the news. So, I mean, and then, because I knew once the NBA decides to do something, other sports are going to follow suit. Yep. I mean, that's exactly what happened. All these other big sporting events and all these other big sports, they canceled. Like, I mean, I knew, like, March Madness was suspended. And then the next day you hear canceled oh my goodness this is this is wild so yeah it kind of i mean i was i was kind of shocked when i saw the nba was was going to be canceled yeah all right suspended for sure i mean that it really threw me for a loop uh you know this i think about you know march madness and how just 
from an economic standpoint, even how big of a deal it is. Um, from a fan perspective, obviously it's huge, and even just a fan of the game. Like I'll be honest with you, this this basketball season from a college like perspective has not been great. However, it's been trash. March Madness, <laughs> it really doesn't matter, right? Because people will tune in and they want to see upsets. They want to see teams that they've never seen before. They want to make sure their bracket stays perfect. They got to win that office pool, you know, whatever it might be. Like, there's just a lot of like money thrown around. And so for me, like, my yep. first thought was like, dude, if the greediest organization in all of American sports, like, and I think, like the NCAA is there as the greediest, <laughs> clearly, is yeah canceling probably their biggest money maker uh, out there. What like what's next? You know, like what what's gonna happen? So I mean, not suspended. They, yeah, they canceled, canceled the whole thing. Whole thing. I, it blew my mind. So. I mean, what I really feel bad for is the the seniors mm-hmm. on these teams uh, because, I mean, you worked. Because I remember when, when we made the NCAA tournament, I mean, you worked your tail yep. off. I mean, as a college athlete, March Madness is something that you dream of. And for mid-majors, it's, the, it's what you play exactly. for. It's to get there. And you work, and so at first, when they said there was going to be like no fans that were going to be allowed there, so I mean, that sucks. You know, mom and dad can't watch me right. play, you know, what I worked my whole life to get to, like this dream. Like, that sucks, but you know what? We're still there, so you know what? Like, let's just do it. I mean, and just to be honest with you, some of these mid major games, it's like playing with no fans right. anyway. So, and so then you get to, so then you further along. And, I, I mean, I, even I was cool with, like, the no fan thing. Yeah, I mean, okay, at least you'll be able to watch on TV. It might just be really awkward to just hear, like, the ball bounce and the, the like, sneaker squeak. But, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. But then I thought about when, when I made the NCAA tournament, I was a redshirt senior. So I had – well, I was a senior in the classroom, but a redshirt. So I was a jun- technically a junior on the court at the time. And that – like, if we wouldn't have played, that would have been my senior year. That would have been it. Like, we would have worked all this time just to for pretty much nothing right. I mean, with it getting canceled. And then, I mean, I thought about teams like Dayton, who had the best season of the whole school career. You know, history, like, yeah. th- I mean, that's, that's a team that could have been – they could have actually made some right. noise this year. And it was – and then there's nothing. And so those those kind of things, it just it, it sucks to see. But I mean, I understand the precautions of why people sure. are taking this because I mean, this thing is serious. Absolutely. So you know, kind of in light of uh, yesterday, President Trump uh, coming out and declaring a national emergency, and I think if you uh, there's a lot of political discourse involved, right? Like people are like, "Oh, he should have done this." I'm I'm glad he did this, blah, blah, blah. I think in light of all that, there's a lot of confusion. Um, and I, I'm not going to provide a summary. President Trump announced that, you know, we were opening up this huge amount of money uh, to help fight coronavirus. Uh, I think that, that was probably the most, like, broad part of the statement. Just like, hey, here's what we're, you know, we're going into fight here. Here's, like, how Roush is helping us, or Roush, or however you say it. Um, with testing, they got the FDA approved testing and, 
I, I liked how there were aspects of like, hey, we're going to have this private public, you know, partnership. However, there's still a lot of confusion. I think that being able to drive up and get a test, like that's all great stuff. But like, I really don't know how much um, real specifics were, were given per se, but he was, he stated that we would know more tomorrow. So, hey, listen, let's all hope. And the people that need to get their testing, get their testing. But in light of that, uh, my question is, is, is where do you, like currently think about it. So obviously we got first initial reactions, like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like, where are you currently at? Like, how are you processing this? And and what are you looking at from the perspective of like the church, right? So, you know, a lot of churches have canceled, that sort well, of thing. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, we got a, we have a little bit more information from like a, a, a spectator standpoint. As someone who, who just from the outside looking in, um, I had, Initially, when I'm watching the president on TV talking about this virus and this, and he declared a national state of emergency yesterday, I can't help but to think about um, just to compare when the last time we had a president have to deal with such a large emergency, and that was President Bush right. 9-11. And the reactions from the – I mean, I – I get it. These are two different circumstances, but the responses when talking to the, when addressing the public were, are, are different. Um, and so, and I, and I, I say that as to, to say like, man, if something like this, an emergency happens in this country, as a president, you have to be like, all your ducks have to be in a row. You have to be coming up there. Everything has to be like on point. You can't be making mistakes in the speech. Like this is this is it. Like everyone is 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 riding on every word you right. say as a president. And it's, I mean, it's got it's, that's a lot of pressure. I, I, you know, I'm not not blind to say that. Hey, man, are you serious? Like, I'm I'm not just a a, a Trump basher because what I'm about to say next is. This isn't a part. This isn't a partisan issue. This isn't. This isn't an issue. Who says, well, I'm a Republican, and this is why, like, the Democrats are wrong. Or, I'm a Democrat. This is why right. the Republicans are wrong. I'm not saying that at all. This is not a partisan issue. If you haven't noticed, this virus doesn't care if you rich, if you're poor, if you're old, in if good you're shape, young. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. This virus is not a discriminator right. at all, okay? And this is uh, – so I will say, now, I, I didn't – the speeches that the president gave out, I was a little right. cringy towards. I'm like, oh, man, you you messing up. But the reaction and the responses, like, um, I, I do think having more – this, now here, here it comes. This is when people are going to get critical of me. I, I do think that having a better access towards healthcare in this national emergency is a good thing. Right. I think that we should have more readily available access to healthcare. And I mean, this again, this is not a partisan right. issue. This should not be. This is this is not me saying, man, free healthcare for all. I'm saying, man, we in a state of emergency. I don't care 
if it like I don't care about whether you think it's right or wrong, whether we should have free health care, we should pay like people there are people who who don't go to doctors because they right. simply can't afford it. And we can't afford like as a country, we can't afford that excuse to be happening right now. I mean, we're in a, this is a national state of emergency. So state of emergency. So that I'm I'm just saying like having the responses, like having the the drive through access to, to these tests, I, I I genuinely genuinely think that that's a that's a positive thing that's that's uh, that this country's doing right now. And so um so I don't like I didn't like the speeches that, that were given out. And I think that people will probably be critical in this political season after yeah. this whole thing is done. I do like the response that he is that he is doing right now with the more readily available healthcare access. Now, Dave, watch people spin this and make me sound like the bad guy on social <laughs> media. So <laughs> Listen, go ahead, that, Dave. That might have been some of the most progressive thoughts you've ever had, bro. I'm just playing. <laughs> But no, I I, I agree with you. I think it's a a really interesting time. And like you said, I I hadn't really thought about that. Like the last president to really kind of have to navigate us through um, maybe something that was uh, like a little bit like of a worldwide issue. You know what I'm saying? Like obviously terrorism is constantly a worldwide issue. But when things happen in secession like they did on 9-11, like, that became, a, a you know, obviously a big deal. But I hadn't really put two and two together like that. So I really like that perspective. And I, I can't appreciate the difficulty in that. And I, I try to give as much grace as I can. I I do feel like there was things that could have been said and handled differently. Um, and I think that's just probably being overly critical. Um, I, I am curious to see what happens next and what you know, comes out tomorrow or in the coming days around the testing and around the, you know, what we're spending this money on and how people are going to be able to, you know, get squared away and and be able to be healthy. And I'm curious to see how the nation's largest companies and different, you know, people in high positions will respond to allowing their employees time off and you know, especially as you see, I think in pretty much every single state across the country, schools are canceled for two plus weeks. So uh, you just see a lot of potentially really hard times. And I can appreciate, like, I know Jefferson County schools in Louisville uh, are opening up, I think, 45 different schools or 45 different sites uh, for people that are out of school that, that may not be able to get a, a hot meal or a meal at all. Uh, to be able to go and get, you know, at least breakfast and lunch, I think. And so I think that's a really great thing. And it's a really nice segue into my last question, man, and and how I just want to end this. And Like, what's the next step? Especially as believers, like, what's the next step for us? And, you know, obviously as a country, we can debate here or there. But, like, what can we do to have impact in this space? Yeah. um, So let's talk from the – believers perspective so first thing how this how does this affect believers is that i mean churches are closing and i mean for the time for the time being and so what what i would say to that is like pastors elders leaders um man make the best decision for your congregation so whatever whatever that may be i can't i can't tell you that uh what what i can't tell you a direct answer what that may be so 
Um, but also as lay members, as people in the congregation, um, this the verse in Philippians, uh, it, it, it sticks out to me. It's Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests mm-hmm. be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so I, I say that verse is to, there's a, a lot of verses in the Bible about uh, do not be anxious. Uh, yep. That's a command. Like that, a that is a command to not be anxious about. It. Yeah, it's it's not a suggestion to, to say that, hey, maybe we can be anxious in these moments. No, no, it's trust in the Lord. I think in Ma- it's Matthew six thirty three. It says, "Seek first the kingdom of God," and and that that is is what we can first is what we need to first do. Is is believers? I mean, while the world is freaking out and panicking, and this right. is a this is a real thing. I mean, coronavirus is scary. I'm not. I'm, I mean, I would. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay, hearing all these cases and people dying and the the death rate of it, it's a scary thing. But we are commanded not to be anxious, and so. And while the world is fearing, just know that you have a high you have a higher power that's 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 guarding you. And if God is sovereign, if God reigns over all this, like that's something Absolutely. that we can rest in. Not in what what we can do, but what God has done. And so we can we can rest in that and and, and we don't have to be anxious because we know that God is in control. Now, as believers, how can we practically stay in? I mean, it, here's the thing is we can we can talk about theoretically here's how we can do things but practically how can you step in a couple ways so this this virus has people afraid to go out of their homes and um older people especially that have that have been around i know in my community that there's there's a lot of older people who are afraid to go out into into large large groups um, like church and like and like the grocery stores and such, you can volunteer to give groceries to somebody right. who's older in your community. Um, also, schools are the schools are closing. You can volunteer to babysit or volunteer to make to make uh, to make meals for these kids. Like Dave just said, these there's different points in your community that are uh, giving out free meals. You can be a light in that way. Uh, any way that people kind of need help this is a way that we can all we can show christ so much during this virus i'm telling you believers do not be afraid this is such a good opportunity to to share the gospel with other people and and not and not be afraid in the in these moments um so these these are big ways like you can give groceries to people you can uh, make meals for for people you can babysit I mean, just so many, so many different ways you can you can be involved. And this is primarily, this is a huge love your neighbor circumstance. Like this is something that you can, you can, like show the love of God by loving your neighbor. It's it's a huge opportunity to do that. So don't so believers, don't waste this time by being afraid. Just know, like, yes, there, there, this thing is, this, it's a scary thing, but just know that this can be a huge opportunity for the advancement of the gospel. 
that's the most important thing of this whole thing. Man, so I Dave, absolutely agree with you, man. Uh, you know, I think the first and most important thing that we can do as believers is um, being grounded in the word and being reminded about, you know, where our hope lies. Um, the fact that like our God is sovereign and uh, being prayerful and praying specifically for people, praying how you can help people and uh, what what steps you can take to, to serve others in your community. I think it's a really important opportunity to see something that I think you and I have talked about before, even on the podcast is like, we have a lot of people in the church that are like super willing to go off on a mission trip and uh, love on some kids for a week and uh, go and paint a house or build some stuff like that. Like, and these are all good things. Do not hear that and say, hear me say that that's a wrong or bad thing. But like right now is an opportunity for you to be on a mission trip in your community, in your neighborhood. Uh, with the people that go to your kids' school, uh, with your church, your fellow church members, just like you said, you know, your, the elderly community. Like, this is an opportunity to be on a free mission trip. <laughs> like, you didn't got to go nowhere. I mean, it's going to cost you time. It may cost you a little money. It may cost you some gas. It may cost you um, a little inconvenience. But, like, that's what we're called to do, right? Like, that's where we're called to be at. And, and I would urge everyone to think of this like this, especially as believers, because here's what I want to make sure that we get this point across, right, is that in a time like this, what you don't want to be as a believer is be so concerned and so um, scared and so anxious about it. Just like what you said, like, don't do not be anxious about anything and said, pray about everything, right? Like, you don't want to be so scared and so anxious because, like, we do know we have a God in control. On the flip side, you also don't want to be that person that's, like, careless, right? So um, I saw this thing that KB had said, you know, if, if you're sitting here saying, like, my God's in control, I'm cool, and I'm not going to wash my hands, I'm not going to take care of myself, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to completely buck this system, and I'm going to go out in large crowds and and be unsanitized and be not careful. Like that's selfish, right? And yeah, yeah first of all, y'all should have been washing your hands before this whole thing broke out. That's 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 we shouldn't have to have a podcast Straight episode up. about that. But so, wash your hands. you know, there's that there's these two opposite ends of the spectrum that we don't want to be in. But what we do want to be is we want to be cautious, we want to be prayerful, and we want to be considerate, right? Like I think that those are really the spaces that we need to sit in and say, okay, well, how can I as a believer, say, hey, look, God, I know you're in control. This is a big deal. How can I, Dave, how can I, Devon, how can I, whoever, be in a space that's loving towards others, that's careful, that's considerate, uh, that prays for one another, and uh, does the best to keep the people around me safe? What's my family, my friends, uh, the people that I work with? Uh, whatever it might be, like, that's how we have to be, right? I think that that's, if you could sum it up, that's where we would want to say, hey, believer, like, today, like, I encourage you to be in a space that's really in the middle ground and, and lovingly, hey, let's let's be calm and let's just do the best we can, right? Like, that's the best thing you can do is control the controllables. So wash your hands. <laughs> 
Wash your hands, you nasty. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, I, if this it blows my mind that we're still having that conversation. And then um, when it comes to, I mean, p- people going to church, if your church is canceled, I mean, you, there's online streams everywhere. If your church isn't canceled, you make the best decision Absolutely. for yourself. That's, I mean, that's all we can, that's all we can do right now. Um, so, uh, yes, this thing is scary. Don't exactly. downplay this either. That's that's one thing I forgot to say. Don't downplay this to people and say, uh, like you said, don't be reckless and say, oh, man, this ain't no big deal. Like, God is in control. Yes, God is in control, right. but he's not asking you to be reckless. Okay? He, like, like you said, be considerate of others. Okay? And understand that, like, non-believers and even some believers right. are terrified of this thing. Okay? And what better way to calm fears is by than by sharing the one who can who can exactly who can calm all fears. So, yeah, we got a big situation here, man. We got a big opportunity to to share the gospel with with other people. Absolutely, and, and love man, one hundred percent. So, as always, it's been real. Everybody, stay safe. Uh, check out the podcast. Share it with your friends while y'all got some time off. Uh, <laughs> put your AirPods in so you can avoid your kids. <laughs> but it's been real, man. Appreciate you. Peace. All right. Wash your hands. Peace.